Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. Good everyone. Uh, by Miguel Sanchez, Miguel Zanchez down the bottom there. Migs, hello, how are you? Good, yep. Very good. And joining us for the first time, a fresh face on the podcast, we've got Bender, we've got Anton Chagur, whatever you want to call it. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Fantastic to see. Uh, look, as I said, we'll skip the plugs, but we've got a loaded show uh, for a Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. So jump in and have your say. Gents, let's get stuck in. Jack Darling, we're going to lead the way with Jack Darling. He's playing his 250th game this weekend for the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Migs, always a great follow on Twitter. I'll give your Twitter account a plug here. But he had a few stats for us today about, you know, second youngest, I believe, to hit 250 games. Missed the fewest games to reach that 250 milestone. I think he's missed 19-odd games, something like that, in his career. So he's gotten there quickly. He turned 30 about a week ago. You look at it and you think maybe he could really go on and, and crack into the 300 and beyond, but let's just deal with what we've got right now. And that's a bloke that we drafted. We, we thought he'd, when he came in, he'd be a, a bit of a gun straight off the bat. And indeed he was. Yeah, we're a bit surprised to get him um, as late as we did, being talked about as a as a top 10 pick and then, yeah, put him in that tent at his school camp and uh, and you know the rest, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked a lot about Darling, obviously, this year. He's had a, a pretty eventful year, but, yeah, just um, pretty consistent on the field normally. Um, yeah, he's uh, been close to leading our goal scoring this year. He's um, he, he didn't take long to come back from his uh, his little preseason layoff. And, uh, yeah, he's um, he's hit a really, um, really good vein of form, Um the last few weeks, really, um, even though he only kicked a couple of goals against Essendon, he was one of our best mm. on. So, yeah, he's going to have um, going to have a big job against Richmond with Kennedy out. I suppose we'll get to that. But, mm. yeah, he's um, yeah, broken all sorts of records getting to 250. And, um, yeah, looks like he could keep playing another six or seven years, probably, the way he's going. Yeah, and that's the benefit, I suppose, where he was able to contribute straight away. Uh, Bender, I'll throw to you in just a moment and get some Jack Darling comment, but another face has just popped up here in the chat, so I would be remiss to not add him in. Uh, in Zane, a.k.a. Keys, he's back. Are you in a motel room there or something? Keys, what's going on here? All right. Uh, we'll see how we go on in Karatha, where um, Telstra's internet is uh, about... <laughs> Good as North are going at the moment, so very nice. I don't know how I'll come across, but yeah, no, we'll keep you. We'll keep you around, Keys. Good we'll to good to see you for a little. Been a little while there, uh, Bender Jack Darling. I mean, it, obviously the off season stuff has 
dominated the story around him this year, but this is a guy that we drafted more than a decade ago, contributed right from the start. He's third on our goal scoring list. He's led the club in goal scoring four times. And you think, you know, he's shared the field with Josh Kennedy for his entire career. So that's just a really good output. What do you make of his career thus far? And, and I suppose, what has he meant to the Eagles? Well, I'd try and stick to only positives because he does have a lot of, you know, bits and pieces, oh, yeah. whether it's decision-making or on and off the field. But for someone that has probably paid, played almost his entire career punching up against his mm. opposition, he's always been shorter, you know, always been smaller. He's just had an amazing career so far. To, when you think about it, for him to get, and we got him with that, with the as Dwayne liked to say, the pick that we, we tanked to get him, you know, with our priority pick. But, wow, he's just turned out amazing. You couldn't, you couldn't mm. ask for more from him, from uh, his height and his build. He's just made use of all his attributes in terms of speed and maybe his turn circle is not fantastic, but might need a bit of work. These days he can't pick up the ball quite as well. But, yeah, it's been great to watch. And I, I thought when, when he started playing so early consistently, I thought consistently, I thought he and Gaff would end up being our record holder. Or now mm. I think it still might end up that way. I still think both of them probably had three or four years left in them. And they'll probably overtake her, and you think, but no, it's been great. I'm really happy to see him run out there, and hopefully, we can do something for him. Yeah, absolutely. A milestone game's always a bit of a dangerous one, but we'll get into that a little later on in the pod when we talk things Richmond. Uh, Keys, you had a nice little write up about Jack Darling today, and there are a lot of positives. There really are. There's plenty of positives, but he's always been somewhat a divisive figure. You think for a local guy that came in and produced right away, maybe we expected him to get to this complete upper upper echelon once in a generation forward. He's always been a really strong player, all Australian side and, and these sorts of things as well. He has just delivered for the Eagles, but it's not without its faults or its criticisms or the odd moment. But what have you made of uh, of Jack Darling's 250 games thus far? Yeah, he's always been, probably apart from that 2018 run, mm. if, um, you know, he's never quite um, reached that upper, upper echelon, but... Mm. You know, he's sort of he's sort of funny. He's been a guy that um, West Coast fans have never really taken to for whatever reason. He's um, yeah, he's not a fan favourite like J.K. has been. Um, but you know, when you look at his numbers, he really he um, I don't think he's ever really got fully the credit that he that he deserves from from our own fans, which is a bit of a shame because. You put his record up against just about any other key forward in the league and uh, it stacks up pretty well, really. Mm. I mean, you come into a season, you can pencil him in for 40 goals, if not more, which obviously as as footy's changed, I suppose, since he debuted a little bit, the scoring's come down a bit and Coleman leaders are lower tallies and things like that. It's it's remarkable. Um, Miggs, one of the things I guess that I always like about Jack Darling, and it's maybe this stuff that he doesn't get the credit for, you kick the ball down long, kick it to the wing, He's either going to mark it or he's going to spoil it. Like he really does a lot of the scrappy little things that aren't fantastic, but he reads the game well. It's funny that he's got the blunders in him because he actually reads the footy really well. Scraps to make sure he never loses a contest. And I think he's just won us so much possession and so many second chances just with effort more than anything. For all the faults, the effort is very rarely one of them from Jack Darling. Yeah, and even when he came back you know, off the, the interrupted preseason, you could see the effort was there straight away this year. Mm. Um, runs a hell of a lot for a game for a big guy. Um, very rarely comes off. Uh, yeah, does all those little things. Um, competes for the ball on the ground. Um, chucks in a few ninja flips. Um, <laughs> yeah, chases 
he and Kennedy would be two of the best um, key forward chasers going around. And mm. he's probably, well, it's probably natural, but he's also learned it off Kennedy, I think. Um, yeah, uh, hard to fault him apart from, yeah, the odd brain yep. fart that um, is what seems to stick in um, in fans' minds. Mm. It's uh, it's defined his legacy a little bit. I think we're uh, I think we're about to lose keys there. So, well, thank you for keys for jumping in and yeah. waxing lyrical a little bit about about Jack Darling. Fantastic to see him again and uh, enjoy Karatha keys. We'll get you back on shortly when you're back in the real world. Uh, Bender, before we wrap up on Jack Darling, I'll put you on the spot. Is there a, fam- a favorite moment or a particular? You know, 2018 was obviously fantastic. He was on fire, but anything in particular stick out where you go, yeah, that's the Jack Darling memory. I was actually thinking to myself, should I should I prompt a favourite moment? So I'm glad you brought it up. Do you know what sticks in my mind? And I think it was his second season uh, final at Subi against Carlton, and he kicked a 55 metre goal like that. You would that you had no business kicking, and mm. it was just massive. And he would have been like 19 or 20 at that point. Um, yep. And that was it was an epic match as well. Some questionable umpiring the last couple of minutes, but that kick that that's one that sticks in my mind. Um, but uh, another one I think you might have put on the the um, – oh, just sorry, another quick one was that tackle against Port Adelaide when he was mm. so raw, and that was that that pressure that he brought. But those two probably stick in my mind the most, I think. Yeah, that I think that was his second game or in that season, in that rookie season, and, okay, this guy's going to really break his back for this footy club, and you love to see it, obviously a local guy, and – we needed we needed a lot when we took that pick. Obviously, 2010 was very very poor, but we'll get into Gaff a few weeks from now because I'm sure he's he's uh, 250. It's not too far away. But to have Gaff and Darling come in and offer up 500 games out of a possible 540 something like that, you know, combined in the in the early stages of their career, just fantastic. So great to see from Jack Darling. Hopefully, I mean he's had some success against Richmond before. Maybe maybe we'll cross the fingers and we'll, we'll circle back around. At the end of the show and talk all things uh, all things Richmond. Migs, I'll uh, I'll throw to you now as as a bit of a draft watcher because you know that I'm not the I'm not the draft guy, but I was following along last night. We did have the AFLW draft, of course, and you and I have spoken over the last few weeks about how the women's program is almost doing a bit of a reset, a bit of a relaunch. Uh, it's coming into the fourth year of the program. They've never quite found their feet. Miguel, maybe this is the one because we had an absolute haul of a draft being state-based and, and getting a few concessions here and there. Obviously, we were able to corner the market. Ella Roberts with that first pick, which people were wrapped about. This was the one we've been talking about for weeks, if not months. Uh, and then Lauren Wackford with the second pick is another one that people are excited by. Some good natural talent, some people who've grown up playing a lot of football. In the case of Wackford, she had the injury, so she's going to have to do a bit of rehab and maybe get back to that form. But Maybe let's just start with Ella Roberts. This is somebody that people are very happy to see and, and we're really hoping would get called out on draft night. Yeah, I don't know a lot about um, junior women's footy, but do know that yeah, Ella Roberts was an absolute must-get there and um, all the uh, all the more avid um, draft watchers were sort of holding their breath thinking, you know, how can the Eagles stuff this one up? Um, yeah, they, they didn't. Um, yeah, state-based, as you said, and um, all the talk was that Ella Roberts would have gone maybe one or two or three if it was an open draft. So, um, yeah, we got very lucky there. Um, yeah, she's going to come in and play straight away. Uh, yeah, uh, you talked about the the changeover. We had we took seven picks last night. Um, mm. The way the state-based draft works, we got 
I think we got seven of the first eight picks and then we were done and then Frio got to take a few others. Um, some good stories in there. Yeah, the, the wait for sisters. Um, Lauren, who's injured, but was picked to go early and did go early and then uh, picked her sister up and surprised yeah, her a bit. And it was a good was, moment, that. She yeah, was secret apparently, so nobody even even knew she was a chance. And then there she is. She got drafted in, in the street clothes where everyone else is all dressed, dressed for draft, uh, draft night. Yeah, she was a bit surprised. Yeah, uh, and yeah, some of the uh, some of the Claremont girls as well, and the vision of them of Dana Hooker going down and presenting them their jumpers at training, and mm. um, you know, for all the talk about the Eagles were offside with the uh, the Waffle W for um, potentially banning those girls from playing in the grand final, there didn't seem to be any bad blood when it got announced. Everyone was no uh, was really thrilled for them, and then that decision's been turned around anyway, which is good. Um, it is good because that was a shocking decision as well. You know, yeah. you can't. Can't ruin somebody's season by drafting them the week before the grand final and sorry, no. you miss out. See you later. So that's a bit stiff. Um, going through the picks as well, Abigail Bushby with our third pick. Uh, Elkington, another injury, I think, there, Migs, but then we're, you know, yeah, maybe nursing know. people um, through some knee injuries and ankle injuries and all sorts, trying to rebuild, I suppose, in the long term, maybe. Yeah, but I think that's a pick. Yeah, not sure what her injury is, but that's probably a pick more in the long term as well. Uh, um, and then come in for Jade Britton, which people seemed excited about, and then Michaela Weston was the other one, which back end of the draft, and people seemed very happy with that one going off the uh, the avid watches on big footy. So we needed a big reset, and it looks like they've added a bit of talent. It was very telling just back on Ella, uh, Ella Roberts, just the size differential as well. <laughs> they were handing out jumpers and things like that, and she's towering over everybody. So yeah. it's nice to well, finally have somebody to straighten up the same height as She's the same height as Paris Laurie, who's you know, been our lead ruck for the first three seasons we've been in. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that shows where the women's game is going. Yeah, and just nice as well to see. I mean, fantastic when it all started up and you had a lot of people jumping back to footy for the first time, other pro athletes, but a lot of natural footballers here and a lot of people who've grown up playing footy. So hopefully that gets to the program off to, you know, something of a start. I know it's not the start for us, but in a way it is. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Season not too far away, kicking off in August as well for that one. Moving things back to the men's sides then, gents. There's been a lot of rumours this week. The Eagles, for once in a while, we focus on the draft. And this seems to be the year that we're focusing on the draft. Except Bender, apparently not. Because Liam Baker, this week, basically right before the uh, Essendon game on the weekend, seemed to be where the headlines came out. Out of contract, WA boy, he's going to be 25 by the time the season starts. A very good player. And he turned in a great game on the weekend as well, which has really pushed this one up the up the pecking order. But... Apparently we're in for him. So what, what do you make of the Eagles spending draft capital, I suppose, to get guys in? And then specifically as it relates to Baker, is this somebody you want West Coast to target? I guess it just depends what Richmond will take. You know, if, if, we're, if we can get away, but would they be willing to take something like that for him at the moment with his form? I'd, I would think that's unlikely, you know. So, mm. um, but look, it's, I, I, I prefer us to go to the draft. Um, yeah. I know he is a quality player, um, you know, and I'm sure that the right price for everyone, as always, it, it, that would be great. But, you know, the, the hypothetical of, tra- of trades are always like, well, we'll give you a packet of chips and you give us a goose that yeah. lays a gold egg. You know what I mean? It never works out that way. It's got to work out for both clubs. And I think we'll walk him to the preseason draft. He can just yeah, walk to us for free. Never, never going to happen. But yeah. I think what, what's fair for what, what's fair for Richmond is pushing us too far back, if you know what I mean. 
So mm. as much as I would like him, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I'd prefer to go to the draft, but look, he'd be a happy inclusion, wouldn't he? He's a quality player. So Very good player. A little mm. on the small side, and you wonder, is that what we need right now? You know, we're, obviously we're very clearly not one piece away, but you think, Migs, we're going to wind up with pick two, maybe pick three if we get on a bit of a roll, you know? So a very, very high first rounder. They're not parting with that. No. Then, then you get into your second rounder and a Richmond going to take, you know, late teens, early 20s. Probably not. Maybe. Probably not. Then there's that Port Adelaide pick. That's way too far down the line. They'd be mad to take that, I would have thought. So it seems like without getting too creative, you know, they need to get very, very creative and come up with another late first or something. It just doesn't seem on the cards to me, Miguel. Obviously, as Bender's just said, they're a, a fantastic player and seemingly on the rise, only getting better, but... Maybe for me, it's just not quite going to line up. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I sort of put what we'd um, what we'd pay for him. It's probably about the same as as what we gave up for Redden and for Wellingham. Mm. Um, that sort of late teams pick, and then yeah, uh, Baker's probably in um, uh, in better form at the moment than either of those those guys were when we picked them. So maybe it's a bit higher than that. But the difference is. Uh, when we got Wellingham, we were coming off um, a couple of finals appearances in a row. When we got Redden, we we're coming off a grand final appearance. We're just in a different stage at the moment. You know, we're, we're rebuilding. Um, and, yeah, Baker, as good as he'd be, um, it would cost us, I think, yeah, cost us more than his value to us would be. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather take that pick to the draft. Um, but we'll see. Well, I, our history is that when quality players have said that they want to come home, we sort of mm. we bend over backwards to get it done. Um, you wonder, though, which is not, you know, where my stance is on the Kelly trade, but yeah. obviously it did have its detractors. And you wonder if that's maybe not frighten them away, but that's in the back of your mind where you're thinking, or, you know, we're getting into whatever phase we were in. The Kelly trade was very much load up for one last throw. We'll get into Zane True in a second, but, you know, the, the Eagles clearly recognising that they're in a bit of a different phase at the moment. So, I don't know. I find it difficult to see. They're not all going to turn out like this, but Brady Hoff, I'm loving him play footy at the moment. He was pick 31. Baker's obviously fantastic football player, but we, he, we don't need him right now. Age profile's not right. I, I think we're all on the same page with that one. Now, with that, we are going to see him play football this weekend and hopefully he doesn't make us regret it too much. We're up against Richmond on the weekend, Sunday, the first of many Sunday games now to run into the back end of the season. Uh, a couple of changes that are confirmed thus far. Nat Nui is in. He is making his return. Zane True is making his debut. It's Jack Darling's 250th, as we said up top. The confirmed outs thus far, Bender, Cal Jamison and Josh Kennedy. There's a few more to come as well. We've got the extended bench. Cully is there. Edwards is there. And Petreski Seaton is on the extended bench also. I think that's the lot of them. So you might see one more change there. You know, Harry Edwards had a good waffle game. We'll wait and see what happens there. Early thoughts, Bender, on on the West Coast-Richmond matchup and what we're expecting. Uh, look, I guess, you know, the, the past few weeks has been kind of a building towards a more optimistic kind of feeling around our games. You know, the, we've looked more competitive, uh, you know, a lot more pressure and a lot more cor- corridor attacking footy and probably about 80% of that's been put down to Elliot Yo, really. But um, if you... Look, I'm just hoping we, we are for a competitive hit out at this point. I know it's such a defeatist attitude and I, I, it makes me feel sick to say it, but I feel like that, you know, the first half dozen games of the year, I was like, come on, we can do it, we can do it. And now I'm in this kind of like, oh, I just want to see something. And I think 
I know Nadanui comes in a little bit more kind of like direct corridor footy. Anything could happen, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a good contest at least. But Kennedy out uh, puts a lot of pressure on Darling, and I think. Uh, look, I guess if we're moving the ball fast, if we've got small forwards in the forward line like Rioli and Cripps and, and Ryan all in form, then it could work to our favour, but it's a tough call, tough ask. Uh, Migs, I think I saw you put this out somewhere, or if it wasn't you, we'll wait and see if you agree with the sentiment about playing Liam Ryan a little bit taller. We've obviously seen West Coast throw him in the goal square. We saw him, obviously, we go back to the waffle days constantly, played out of the goal square. He's been an interesting target for the Eagles in the past. Trying to work out if he's had success against Richmond or not. I have a gut feeling that he's been okay against them, but I look at the stats. Six goals from four games doesn't exactly jump off the page. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong on that one, but you can sort of supplement a little bit with the Kennedy thing. Bailey Williams, you'd say, will play more time forward now as well with Nat Nui in. So there should still be some avenues to goal inside 50. Just as always with Richmond, it's going to be you know pressure at the coal face. It's going to be a little bit more talent perhaps on the ball. What's your early read, I suppose, with this Sunday matchup? Yeah, that'll um, Nat Nui coming in will be key. Um, we've lost the clearance battle. We've lost the territory battle um, pretty much the entire time he's been out. Um, you know, we're regularly seeing um, you know, 60 inside 50s to 40. So mm. if we can win the ball straight out of the centre, um, that'll help to correct that a bit, I think, because um, we do struggle uh, unless we do unless we get Yo or Jones really cutting through the middle, we struggle to transition the ball from the back line. So we've got to be, yeah, just winning it to start with. Um, and, yeah, Natanui will help with that and um, uh, tap into Kelly and Chewy and True now. Um, exactly. Yeah. Ryan, we've seen Ryan have um, have success coming out of the goal square. There was a game, was it against Carlton at the, um, at the SCG for some reason when um, <laughs> he did that last year, I think? Uh, had a good game then. So, yeah, that whole forward line was in really good form last week. Uh, it's a shame that they lose Kennedy, but, um, yeah, someone someone else will bob up. Um, there's plenty of goals to be shared around there. So, um, yeah, hopefully that won't um, hurt us too much and uh, might be a bit of a wet deck, so it might be a good game to, A, rest Kennedy and, B, go in a bit shorter. Although, having said yeah. that, I do want Harry Edwards to come in to match up on some of their tools down the other end. Yeah, I agree. And we saw the Lynch matchup or, you know, it was, it was Bolton and Lynch were the two that really towed us up last time we played Richmond. Obviously, that was a dreadful, dreadful game. No mm. Barass in that one. So, you know, Tommy Barass is back and maybe we get Harry Edwards in as well, late swap maybe with Rotham. But we'll have a look at that down the line. Kim in the comments here is saying, how do we balance the line where we want to win, but we also understand we are in a rebuild stage? And Bender, I think that brings us very nicely into Zane True, who is making his debut. He's been on the list for a little while and a, a bit of an interesting journey, I suppose, to the AFL for True, where he was highly rated and then a bit of a pre-draft. You know, Peter Sumich and him had maybe had a bit of a stout. He <laughs> fell down into the rookie draft. He hasn't really been able to get a clean run at waffle footy, but he's strung a few waffle games together. He's been picked. Some people are sort of questioning the waffle output. Does that deserve a call-up? So it does seem like we're really just maybe exploring what we've got with a guy like Zane True. Yeah, I think it's it's a... A good weekend, at least, to give him some exposure. Um, you know, there's a, a waffle buy. Mm. Um, but, you know, if look, I, I think we're exploring options at the moment, you know, and seeing what he can he can contribute. But, 
who knows? Look, people, some people thrive at a higher level, you know, with the with the more pressure, and I'm hope he can rise to it. I think there's, you know, in the glimpses that we we saw him of him, you know, in patches last year before he's kind of jumped on the injury train. There's there's something there. Just mm. can he string it together? I guess we'll see. But yeah, I'd, look, I I don't know. I guess it's um, we don't want to be going. Oh, you know, we're we're just checking it out and playing people for the sake of it and not trying to win. I think there's a balance there. I think we can expose people while progressing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, Moss here on Twitch is saying that winning builds confidence. Would rather that we win than build a losing culture. And I think I agree with that. Now, obviously we're in the situation we're in for a reason. So it's, I don't expect that we're going to get on some sort of roll and just, you know, walk through to the end of the season, really shape the finals. But Migs, Nick Nat spoke this week in, in the media about, you know, they can get a scalp here or there. They can impact the finals picture. And I don't think they're going out there just for a laugh. I think we've shown some serious growth after the bye. And, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of talk around Simo and North Melbourne, just general fan sentiment anyway. You know, these are guys that are playing for their contracts. These are guys that are playing to show that they want to be around next year or have a job next year, whatever it might be. I, I don't think they're just going to go out there for a laugh. I think we are sending a team across to win and, and the Zane True pick might help us in the long term, but they wouldn't have picked him if they think he's going to be a liability or anything silly like that. No, but equally, I don't think they would have picked him if we were ninth or 10th and, and battling for a spot in the eight. Um, yeah, it's a good opportunity to, um, uh, I think Bender said before we came on air, kick the tyres with him, um, mm. see what we've got there, give him a yeah, give him a run. Uh, we probably did that with Jamison, a bit out of necessity earlier in the year and, and found that, yeah, actually, we've got one that, that may um, be able to contribute at AFL level, even though his, uh, his waffle form didn't sort of didn't suggest anything uh, of the sort. Um, so, yeah, question that June or whoever, or Kim, sorry, asked about um, how we balance the line. It is, it is really that balancing act. Um, you know, we're not, we've still got Hearn out there. We've still got um, Darling and Gaff out there over 200 games. Uh, we're not you know, completely playing the kids, but we also are. Um, you know, we've got Hoff, who's a draftee. We've got Bazo playing his what third game. We've got mm. True debuting. We've got you know, Cully in the extended squad. So having a bit of look, bit of a look at some of these younger guys, but also um, yeah, putting out a, a team that on paper looks pretty competitive. Um, and you can see, especially in the last two weeks, you can see the players. It means a lot to them. They're not going out there and going through the motions. They are they're putting in. The intent is definitely there. Um, the will to win is there. Uh, just a bit of the uh, skills and the uh, maybe synergy um, has let us down on occasion. But, um, yeah, I definitely don't – that no one's going out there to lose. But I think at, at match committee they've sort of – they've recognised that uh, – this this is a development year and it's a good opportunity to, to see some of these, these guys and um, that's what we're seeing with the, the same true selection. Now, a uh, comment coming through here. Bolton is really good, all caps, really good and no disputing that, really good this year. Yeah. Uh, would a tagger be appropriate or do we even have one? Just quickly, he's what are, what are we at here? Round, well, he's played 14 games, I should say. 26 goals, so he's nearly going at two goals a game. He's had his... 30 touches and three goals against us in round seven, obviously completely dominated that game, but that's a career best for him in terms of the disposals. Moves up the ground, does play a little bit inside, but you know, like inside the coalface, sometimes plays up forward. Kicking goals for fun at the moment, Bender to a game, and you know he can really damage you with, with 
limited touches. Is there a negating option there? You know, do they send somebody like a Redden? Do they send Zane True to him and just go and follow him around a bit? You know, what, what's the strategy there? Or do we just have to try and limit the damage, I suppose, and, and see what happens with one of the best players in the comp? Yeah, I don't think we've got someone in the midfield with his leg speed mm. to, to keep up with him. It's that simple. And, and I'd, sadly, you know, we're... Uh, what you'd like the two that you mentioned? I'm not sure about true. I, don't, I can't remember him being super quick. No. But look, he's, it's going to be a tough matchup. I can't even think if who's going to play on him because he does he he plays about usually like a high half forward kind yeah. of midfield kind of. So you think maybe maybe Duggan would go to him? Maybe Jones? Maybe they, would they be willing to have Jones? He's got the, the leg speed to go with him in that part of the ground. But is he does he play too loose on him? It's going to be tough. I mean, look, I, yeah, I think it's um. I'm not sure if we've got the matchup, but, you know, it might, might be a team effort. This that, is one of the ones, the Jones call is interesting because, I mean, his chasing and his speed and his tackling is really on when it's on. But like you say, yeah, is, is his actual general defense, is he going to be a little bit loose on him? Migs, this is almost one of the, I don't want to say rare times because I do actually really rate him, but this is one of the times where you're thinking, geez, it'd be good to have somebody like Tom Cole. You don't want to waste Jones's energy chasing yeah. somebody around the park and touching the ball six times. So I'd rather free Jones up to kick the footy. And wouldn't it be great to have a little bit more of a set and forget kind of small defender, bring Witherden in, in the comments coming here, bring Witherden in and have him do a run with. I don't know that I want Witherden's defensive efforts anywhere near uh, Shea Bolton at the moment. It's That's a bit of a tough one. For oh, me, God. Migs, the only defensive change we could make is that Edwards for Rotham. And that does nothing to help us with Bolton. No, no. Uh... When they asked if, if a tag is appropriate, I thought, well, Jackson Nelson's um, disappeared from the side. Uh, yeah. He would be the one. Yeah, Duggan's probably the one, I think, that would go with him at least when he's when he's forward. Um, when he's in the middle, I don't know whether uh, – I thought maybe Redden put some time to him at, in, time into him at stoppages, but as soon as uh, – if Richmond win the ball, Bolton's going to be running away from Redden pretty quickly, so – yeah, and yeah. you know what it was? Is they almost didn't set up defensively last time because I know it's very easy from the cheap yeah. seats, but it's just time and time again he'd get it off the back of the ruck contest and be running full tilt, and there was nobody there defensive side to even even corral in Miguel like we love so much. Yeah, what did we have like Nankervis against what Williams and, and Jamison would have been yeah. and Stranatica or something, and so they could they could rely on winning the tap and winning it to advantage. But I suppose they won't be able to do this time. Mm. Um, yeah, does does Kelly go head to head with him? Because Kelly'd have the leg speed. I don't know if he's got quite the defensive mindset, but could at least hurt him the other way. Yeah, that's one of those make him accountable. Maybe try and slow him down by giving him a task. Obviously, Richmond very good at what they do systematically and, and good at covering for each other. Uh, Bender typically, I'd say, very good at you know good contested pressure and, and getting in after it. But looking at their numbers, they are 17th in football in tackling. They are lower than the West Coast Eagles, if you'd believe that. They don't get the footy all that much, but what they do is get it inside 50 a lot, a lot of run and carry, which has been a staple of their game now for five years, probably longer. You know, draw a man, handball it over the top and manufacture easy goals out the back. They are the third highest scoring team in football and they're on a roll. It looked early in the season, Bender, like they were done, but I mean, six and two in their last eight games, I think, and winning streaks. They look great at the G always. So could be a bit of a tough one. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they approach it. And if the Eagles go back to a bit more of a possession game style, maybe minimize the minimize the touches. 
They, they were they were the form team from the comp. I thought even I mean not they were a slouch against Geelong, but you know running up to then people were saying like they it's the Tigers of you know two three years ago that we're watching. They they had mm. found form again, and even with without you know Cochin or Martin having their usual influence, they were playing really good footy. Mm. Um, and when I say, when I say playing, they still did all right against Geelong. You know, and Geelong came over the top of them unfortunately. But yeah, they mm. they they. I'm not sure what they've found, but they've bounced back for this this part of the season. Anyway, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a ferocious contest anyway from them. Uh, Connor West on Bolton is another comment coming through here from Greg. That's an interesting one. Maybe if you just want to send a bit of a mongrel after him, he's, West always surprises me with his speed. So maybe if you're just trying to run a bit of a shutdown maybe when he goes through the middle. Uh, Migs, give me two seconds because I'm going to try and come up with Tom Lynch's numbers last time he played West Coast. They were, I mean, they were memorable, but they were too high to even count. Let's try and find out what he had. Do you want me uh, to start singing Spandau Ballet while you? I mean, shit, if, if, I can't <laughs> turn that down. Go for it. Let's. No. Oh, I've got him here, but I do want to hear it. So come oh, on. No, hang on. Sorry, I'm just hearing that we've got rights issues and I can't see. Oh, that's, that's a damn shame. That's a, shame. No, that's a damn shame. Seven goals, five against the West Coast Eagles. And I think there are a fair few out on the fools mixed in with that. He had six goals the following week. We know with Tom Lynch when he's on, he's on. I think he's a bit of a front runner. Obviously, he's a bit of a prick. That said, he's very good at football. And the way that we set up last time was just tailor-made for them to gut us. He kept getting matched up with Witherden out the back because we kept turning it over. So he gave Edwards a bit of a lesson. But most of those ones weren't even coming from Edwards. It, they were coming from turnover up the, you know, further up the field and then two, three kicks, two, three handballs, and they're in. What do we do about Tom Lynch? Rewalt is, of course, still no slouch. He's absolutely fantastic on his day. It's Barras to Lynch, right? And do, you, and do you think they're going to make that second change or are they going to throw Bazo, throw Rotham to Rewalt? I'd like to see Edwards come in at least so we've got the option if he mm. if he gets off the chain. Um, we saw Wright get off the chain against um, Barras and he was able to reel him back into his credit. But uh, it'd be nice to have that. Um, second option to, to roll on to him. And then, you know, to start with, maybe Edwards plays on um, Soldo, if he plays or, you know, whoever their resting ruck is. Um, and Barras takes, well, I don't know. Yeah, Barras takes Lynch and I suppose Bazo gets uh, Rewalt there. So good luck to him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'd like to see Edwards come in. Nothing against Rotham. I thought he was better on the weekend. Um, just purely a matchup thing. I'd like to have the, the security blanket of, of having a, a six foot seven defender to roll on to Lynch. Um, yeah. Uh, you often think that Jack's going to be the target up front and then the kick heads into Lynch in the comments here. I mean, well, it was all Lynch. It was the Lynch show last time out. And he had yeah. that, he could have had, honestly, he could have had 15 goals. He was very inaccurate and he, yeah, just got opportunity after opportunity. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, Bender, last time out when we played the Tigers, they scored 165 points against the Eagles. The team looked okay on paper then, but in reality, obviously, it, it has been playing a lot better since the bye, maybe a bit refreshed, maybe a bit more run in the legs. They've figured something out. Yo's back, so maybe we can attack them a bit more. Let's get into some tips, and uh, Bender, you can lead the way here. Who's going to win, by how much, and which eagle are you looking forward to the most? I I'm, would I'm never forgive myself for putting my face on the internet and tipping against the eagles, so I'm going to go <laughs> eagles no. by three points. Three points. Wow. Wow. <laughs> If you're right, that's going to be the greatest debut of all time because, yeah. I mean, putting <laughs> your face on the every internet. Episode from now on. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you put your face on the internet and immediately guess that the Eagles are going to win and then we lose by 100 points. That's pretty hard to recover from. Right? <laughs> uh, just quickly, Migs, we'll, uh, I'll get your thoughts on this one and then I'll get your tips as well. Which four do you think end up as the interchange? Uh, obviously, we've talked about perhaps that Edwards and Rotham swap there, but everybody else sort of unchanged, everybody else in as named last week? Uh, I had potentially um, Petrovsky seaton coming in uh, and Petch missing. Not sure about that. Um, I couldn't quite work out who True was coming in for, so I had him coming in for Petch and then Petrovsky seaton coming in for Kennedy uh, and then Edwards for Rotham. So I think I had – I can't remember which – I can't remember who's on the interchange, but I had um, – Badge owes me 68 bucks for last week. <laughs> I What's convinced that? people to not gamble on the game and then because we oh, won. Oh, okay. Some it's people are apparently coming party. to collect because I said do not gamble. But I did tip us. <laughs> I did tip us. But anyway, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. Uh, but, yeah, Mig's probably maybe one or two more changes in the side, but not. Yeah, um, I can't remember which four I had on the bench, but the four I had missing out were Witherden, uh, Rotham, Petch, and mm. Cully, obviously. Um, I think will be on the plane, but I think he'll be, uh, it'll be an experience only for him. Yeah, go home, see family, game day experience, all that good stuff. Uh, all right, so Migs, who's going to win by how much and which eagle is going to impress us the most? Uh, well, unlike Bender, I have no shame. Um, that's been well and truly whittled away, so I'll tip against us. Um, but I, I, I really want to see just a competitive effort, just the continuation of the, um, the effort we've seen post-buy. Uh, and I don't really care if that results in a loss because I think Richmond are probably a better side than us at the moment. So uh, pick them to win by four goals, and our best of field will be, oh, I want to say zone true. Um, Gee. Uh, Connor West, Connor West to come in, do a job in the middle, and uh, yeah, show up some of his, uh, his bigger name midfield teammates. Round nine, 2018, Jack Darling had 21 disposals. He had 15 marks. He had six goals, two. And I actually think he missed one right on the siren from five feet out. So he could have had seven <laughs> goals. That was his career best game. That was just complete dominance. That was the peak of 2018, Jack Darling. There was talk, legitimate talk coming out of that game that is he the best player in the comp at the moment, which for a yeah. key forward, unless you're David King, which for a key forward is very, very rare to hear. So I'm going to say Jack Darling is going to be our best of field. He's been in good form. He's desperate. We are... Not great in milestone games as advertised, but it's game 250. I don't know how I feel about the win. I'm going to say Richmond are going to win. I actually think they'll win pretty comfortably as well. But for me, it's all about the game plan. Do we see them continue to attack the corridor? They will get burned because Richmond are great at that. But, you know, I it's worked in fits and starts against Richmond before. Don't fall back to the possession. Keep attacking the corridor. Give us something to believe in. Give us some direction that this is all going to change and give Jack Darling the footy because I want to see him kick a few goals and... You know, get a little bit of recognition. Game two fifty. It'll be it'll be nice to see him champion the boys out there. Yep. Other than that, gents, I reckon we will leave it there for the week. Miguel, fantastic to see you as always. Thank you for jumping on the show. No worries. Fantastic. And uh, Bender debut episode. You've come in hot. You've said the Eagles are going to beat <laughs> Richmond at the G. Yeah. We will have you back and... next week and every week thereafter if they do. So <laughs> thank you for oh, coming on the show. Geez, don't spend it all just yet. But yeah, thank you for having me on. No worries. Fantastic. Guys, thank you for jumping in the comments. A few, uh, we've got a few regulars in the comments, but a few fresh faces as well, which is fantastic yeah. to see. Share the show. Share the love. Greg in the comments says, great debut, Bender. You love to see that. Look at that. A lot of love for the boys. So 
Hope the Eagles go well on the weekend. We'll talk to you next week and uh, we'll leave it there. All the best for Jack Darling's 250th. Bye for now. Bye.